For more resources, visit rymonline.org. The Local Youth Worker is a daily podcast that's centered on five questions each week. Ranging from the practical to the professional, we're looking for answers to the questions you're asking. Whether you're in full-time, part-time, or even volunteer youth ministry, this podcast is for you. All right, everybody, we're back with uh, John Stone. Uh, Today, uh, John, our question for you is, um, what are some biblical truths that you cling to for encouragement in ministry? I mean, this whole week we've been discussing various things about ministry. We know ministry can be hard. It should be hard in a lot of ways. We're ministering to broken people. We're broken. Satan hates the church. So we've got all these things going on. So in the midst of all that discouragement, um, what, what are some encouraging truths that you've cling to throughout the years? Well, I think... Um... And man, this is this is where being fifty-two helps. It, it sounds like a simple phrase, but um, God is at work, and so like the truth that um, you, I don't remember how Jesus says it, but He says He's at work from the very beginning. He's been working up to this very day. He says that somewhere in John. Um, like you, you don't know what you're doing. God is never going to let you see your ministry. And you need to own that, that part of being a minister is that you, you, no one gets to find the field, plow the field, put in the seeds, water the seeds, grow the seeds, and reap the harvest. Nobody, especially in youth ministry. Mm. Like, I have a bunch of youth ministers that are all in every year, like when I was the main speaker last year, that were t- we ended up just in a group after a large group, and their kids were all out in small groups. Who I wouldn't say they were mad, but they're like, we're so frustrated with RUF and because I work for RUF. Like, well, tell me why you're frustrated. They're like, we're not really frustrated with you. We're just really frustrated that we teach these kids for four years. <laughs> then they go to Mississippi State and they say, do you know what Brian Sorgenfried told me? He told me justification by faith. And you're and they're saying, no, I taught you justification by faith. <laughs> like, and, and Brian Sorgenfried feels the same thing. Like He preaches on church membership and faithfulness and friendship and their college students and they're all over the place. And then they leave college and they're like, going to church. And they're it, like none of us get to see God at work, and I don't know why it's this way. I mean, um, transitioning out of my job has been the most encouraging thing that's ever happened. People brought me just long letters about and telling me about conversations we had that were hugely significant, significant for them. No memory at all. None. <laughs> Guy wrote me a letter about us riding on a tram in the Denver airport, and that it was a it was a seminal moment for him in ministry about love for the church. No, I was in fact I, I, I'm sure I was fatigued from a long week and trying to get rid of him. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sure I said something that I thought was true. I was in a restaurant in another city, not Knoxville, in Johnson City, Tennessee. A guy comes over and says, hey, John, you don't remember me. And I don't remember his name. He said, my name is such and such. I don't know what that name was. And it's my wife. But I sat in the back of your aria for three and a half years, and I became a Christian. And you convinced me that life without the church was no life at all. And we joined a church 
one of our children is a Christian, and it's really because you never met him. I never met him, never knew him. He said, I never talked to you while I was there. And I think that what, that can sound like, you know, like the humble brag, but like, I never knew that until he came over. Like I, So here was God at work, and all my core group were like, doing all this immoral stuff and killing me and now they've left their wives and they're not great examples of Christ. And here's this guy <laughs> I never met and he's saying, hey, God's used you. So you, you really in ministry have to recognize that when, um, when a kid stops coming to youth group, when a kid stops connecting to you, when a kid falls into sin, A, that's not the end of the story and B, you still don't know what God's doing. You just don't and you're not going to be allowed to. That's why he says some water, some you know, nobody gets to do it all. And if you got to do it all, leave now and go sell insurance. It's you, you won't get to see it all. Um, that's just it's God's at work. He's using you, but you won't know how He's using you. And some of you are being called to churches as youth pastors to minister to adults. There's a season that some folks there need you in their lives as adults or as parents. And so most of you have been called to minister to youth who, you know, you really will plant the seed and an RUF guy will get to reap the harvest. They'll, they'll go there and stop drinking and follow Christ and tell you how Jason Sterling changed your life at Ole Miss. And you're a better preacher than Jason Sterling. For some reason, God waited till then to, you know, to grow that person. You know, you really, it isn't about you. And if it's about you, you're, you're better doing construction. You just are. Uh, the second thing I would say is, um, I think the most important thing a minister begins to understand is they are loved by Christ and by God the Father, by the Holy Spirit, because they're chosen, because they were elected, because they were called. They're justified by faith. Your standing in Christ has got to become really crucial to you in ministry because it's easy for people's whims to change. You know, you, the wrong sophomore girl gets mad at you and you're fired. Mm -hmm. That's not fair. It's true. And what's really true is that Jesus never changed his opinion about you and he's taking you somewhere and you're about to be on a journey. And so your own union with Christ, your own significance flowing out of Christ's love for you is the most important thing a minister can have. When you begin to minister out of your insecurity or work out of your insecurity, when the product of your ministry is how you think about yourself, you're in trouble. You're in big trouble. Absolutely. Um, because often what's happening in front of you won't last and what you don't see will last. And so, you know, recognizing that Christ is the shepherd, that he loves you, he loves them. And really drinking deeply of, of justification and sanctification and glorification, of election, of definitive sanctification and progressive sanctification, all those things we see in the order. So it's really saying these things are true because of God, not because of me. I mean, that's what you're working for. I, I think it was Tim Coe said, you look, there, there are places in the U.S. where there's a faithful guy, he's on one corner, he's got 50, and there's an unfaithful guy on the other corner, he's got 500, and there's other places where there's a faithful guy on a corner with 50, and another faithful guy on a corner with 500, and I can't tell you why. <laughs>
And what God wants all four of those men to know, even the unfaithful one, is I love you. Not you love you and not size your church doesn't matter. And you, there's always going to be a bigger youth group. There's always going to be a better youth house. <laughs> and there's always going to be a church killing it. Um, you know, and just, again, resting in the finished work of Christ on your behalf. What else would I say has encouraged me in ministry? I don't know. Ask me questions. <laughs> well, those are both good. I mean, to, to be reminded that God is at work, even when it doesn't seem yeah. like He is. I know that's the, the theme of RYM, but to know that He's working in spite of you, through you. I, and I'm sort of the king of counter-illustrations. I'd also say what's encouraging is to know you're messing up a ton. <laughs> like, if, if our doctrine of sin is true, that means we're hurting as many people as we're helping. So you will have to say you're sorry a lot, and that doesn't mean you're a bad minister. It just means you're normal. It's real easy in, in you to go, I went to seminary, got to get this right. Da, da, da. You're not getting it right. You're a sinner. Yeah. I mean, you'll grow. You'll mature. Um, I made this gesture in church. I was preaching at church two Sundays ago, and Sean Slate, my pastor, called me and said, hey, you upset some people with this. And my first inclination was like, who cares? I'm like, John, you care. You're not perfect. There's never going to be a day when I step in the pulpit and don't mess up. I don't, maybe not every Sunday, but I just, it wasn't like, by the way, I really was talking about Paul suffering in Philippians and Paul's, Paul basically despaired unto death. I said, you know, it seems clear here, Paul's saying, I think I'd rather die and be with Christ than to go on, but I'm recognizing that you need me. And I must have put like a gun gesture to my head and said, you know, he was thinking about killing himself. I didn't mean this like, and, you know, somebody, I get it. You don't want the pastor in the pulpit sticking his fingers to his head in the gun. I really get it. Like, I, don't, I wouldn't call it immature. It was just a mistake. And why is it a mistake? Because I'm human. And I'll, I'll do something like that again. And you need to be encouraged by your mistakes. Yeah. And that, that can sound like a discouraging truth. Yes. But it's a very freeing truth because... Yeah, I mean, it's just to, to admit, to know, like you said, our doctrine of sin, we're going to make mistakes, we're going to mess up, to be able to own those, to admit that to our students. Because oftentimes in youth ministry, I mean, they're trying to enthrone you and make you their savior. And so you're admitting, I'm not. Yeah. You know, somebody else is. You're going to apologize to a lot of parents in youth ministry, and the parents are going to be right 80% of the time. I know you will only remember <laughs> the 20% of the time they were wrong, but they're going to be right a lot. Yeah. That's good. Well, thanks, Sean.